0: Welcome to Sprott Radio. I'm your host, Ed Coyne, senior managing partner. With me today is one of our returning guests, John Hathaway, managing partner and senior portfolio manager at Sprott. Thank you for once again, John, joining us on Sprott Radio. Thanks, Ed. You know, John, let's let's dive right into it. The last the last couple of weeks have been, um, you know, very newsworthy as far as what's going on in the overall economy, what's going on in the market, what the Fed's doing, um, what gold's doing. You know, I know you've you've had over 50 years of investment management experience and I would suspect you've seen just about everything from what the market's done, what the Fed's done, uh, how gold's reacted and so forth. But in this current environment the Fed's actually bailing out banks and the depositors and at the same time they're raising rates. Is that is that a new one for you? Is that something you've seen in the past?
1: This is unprecedented. I think we are in our uncharted waters. The way to look at it, this is the this is the credit bust that I think many of us who have been in the gold patch for a while have predicted. I guess the movie that won the Oscars was everything, everywhere, all at once. And that's what's going on. It's just like, it's not just Silicon Valley Bank. It's not just Credit Suisse. It's not just the banking system. It is everything, everywhere, all at once. And that is the story. It's a credit bust. Has resulted from 10 years of manipulated interest rates going back to the global financial crisis in 2008. And the amount of leverage that was put on the books, deals done on the assumption that rates would stay low forever, which is what the Fed was saying only a few years ago. And you're going to see a lot of bodies floating to the surface over the next couple of years. And I think the banks are just kind of the tip of the
0: iceberg here. Well, thank you for that image. I think that uh, that will resonate with a lot of our listeners today with the bodies floating to the surface, you know, suspecting a lot of them will be bankers for better or worse. But it's really interesting to see what's going on then in the market because the S&P, you know, at the time of this recording is, is still positive, although it, it, it shedded it a little bit more today when the Fed announced another 25 basis point bump. So many of our investors we talked to, they ask the question of why isn't gold doing even better right last year gold did very well It was flat when the market was down you know 15 17 somewhere in that that range Uh, and year to date is doing quite well and today it did quite well when the fed announced that so you know what do you say to investors when they say something like or they think that you know gold's really not doing what we'd expect it to do you know what's your view on that what would you say to that type of investor
1: well first of all if you go back to the peak in the s p which was i think the beginning of last year i think it was around 4900 today it's down 20% from that level and gold taking that same starting point the beginning of 2022 is up around 7 maybe a little more than 7% gold stocks are basically flat we are in the very early stage of recognition of the severity of the credit issues Uh, that I talked about in my opening comments. So it doesn't surprise me that most investors are still trying to gather their wits about the damage that's been done to their mainstream portfolios over the last year or so. And that's why the flows into the metal and into the mining stocks have been very lackluster, as we all know. So I think that the, the good news for investors that are want to be open-minded about this that the train has yet to leave the station and it is not a high risk decision to allocate capital to this strategy because it is it's not as if it's on everybody's hit parade in fact most people aren't even aware about it so i think that we are within striking distance of new highs on the gold price And I believe in the days ahead, the months ahead, we will see that. And mining stocks are behind the gold price. The GDX, which is the sort of proxy for gold mining stocks, is flat relative to the starting date that we talked about, which is January of 2022. And gold is up 7%. The gold stocks are enormously leveraged to the kind of move that i envisioned for the gold price
0: well you know you talk about just the last year year and a half but for our investors that want to do a little more research you look at the last couple decades and many investors are shocked or surprised that gold's actually outperformed the s p because we have more and more of this financial engineering going on in the market and more bumps in the night whether it's COVID or the global financial crisis or the tech bubble all these things have contributed to much more volatility and when you talk about gold over multiple decades, the last couple of decades, it's done very well. Why do you think that is? And, and, and I guess before we go into that, and I'm going to take a step back. You had mentioned the train hasn't left the station yet, you know, for investors looking to add. When they're looking to add, how should they think about the physical market relative to the equity market? Are those two separate allocations? Or how should someone actually think about that?
1: So the, uh, the physical metal is a uh, safe haven. And it's becoming increasingly clear that that is the case because bonds which were traditionally a safe haven have been rocky, particularly in the longer duration treasuries. And so is fixed income. Fixed income has been rocky. So, you know, there are not a lot of safe havens around. If you go back to the dawn of radical monetary policy, which was 2000, gold has performed as well or probably better than other broad categories of investment assets, equities and bonds, to name the two main ones. And gold stocks are more volatile, but they have their moments. And I think that moment is upon us where they're going to outperform everything that I just talked about. Physical metal is for investors who are seeking safety. For investors who are looking for the alpha The added return that can come from having the correct macroeconomic view and and the correct understanding of the dire straits that the world is facing in terms of financial markets. Gold mining stocks are the appropriate allocation, but again, they don't come without risk. So really two different things, but kind of linked at the hip.
0: Well, let's stick with the miners for a moment because like the S&P and the Russell 2000, you've got the large cap senior miners that are much more established. They typically have multiple mine sites and so forth. And then you have the smaller cap junior miners. Talk about maybe the difference between those two, You know what risks um, are out there with the large cap seniors relative to the small cap juniors. And then from an opportunity standpoint, where are you looking or, or what do you like right now when you're talking about the miners and i'm not asking for specific names but simply just from a market cap standpoint and a size standpoint where do you think the greatest opportunities are
1: in terms of uh potential upside probably from the mid and smaller cap names but i mean the entire uh spectrum of gold mining stocks is poised to do very well if the gold price accelerates from here which is what i think Obviously, a lot of debate about that. So the big cap mining companies will be just fine, and they pay pretty decent dividends. So um, they're justifiable holdings in, um, let's say, mainstream type portfolios. And for people who are more interested in maximizing returns, and here, I, you know, this is not something I would try home alone. Not, you know, without some sort of guidance from a from an investment managers such as Sprite, that is where the potentially biggest returns lie, the, the five baggers, the 10 baggers that you can get from this entire investment strategy having been out in the cold for many, many years. So the compression of values is is enormous. And I think all it would take would be for another, let's say, $100, $150 in the gold price, which, you know, that's five to 7% from here. I think that would be life changing for all gold stocks, and particularly for the single asset, mid cap to smaller kind of gold stocks that we specialize in.
0: Well, you know, John, one of the things that I guess this was happening more last year or year before, there was some uh, doubt on the gold equities because you know cost of labor was going up access to labor was 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 tight uh, materials were going up fuel prices were going up and that obviously hits the bottom line that seems to have abated a little bit and you mentioned this earlier about the quality of these balance sheets talk a little bit more about that because i think that's something that most of our listeners might be surprised by is that these are some very high quality companies from a cash standpoint from a lack of leverage standpoint Talk about that for a minute, if you would, just because I think our listeners would enjoy hearing really what that space really entails from a quality standpoint or a value standpoint. Is there value there? Um, you know, what do these companies look like on an absolute basis, but also relative to, say, stocks in the S&P 500?
1: Well, you know, a lot of the things you mentioned are yesterday's news. The margin squeeze that was troublesome, let's say, a year ago or half a year ago is not as troublesome today. Another issue is the cost of building a new mine. That's that's been a big risk. So many of these smaller companies have kind of bet the ranch, put their balance sheet at some risk to take on large projects. But we've identified a handful of very good smaller companies where they've kind of crossed the finish line and the build is behind them. And the risk to the balance sheet, to the share count, all of that kind of thing again, is yesterday's news. I would say that's the opportunity set that we see. Now, when we're talking about the big cap companies, yeah, they're, they're quality. They have strong balance sheets, low debt, highly liquid capital structure. Let's talk about margins for a second. Again, we've been through a year where the cost of producing an ounce of gold has gone up, but let's call it 10%. So it's gone from 1100 to maybe $1,250 or $1,300 an ounce. That's kind of a global take on the cost curve. Should that flatten out, and I think it will, maybe still go up a little bit, but not, not as much as it did last year. And in the meantime, the gold price goes around $1,800. Well, heck, we're knocking on the door of 2,000. So call that 15% on top of the 1,800 that you know we're looking at with rear view mirrors. And so margins are exploding higher and costs are beginning to stabilize. So while corporate America and Silicon Valley will be licking their wounds with um, debt issues and, uh, and, and lousy business conditions, gold mining sector is really the only one that I can think of, and they're, I'm probably missing one or two things, that will enjoy excellent business conditions in a recessionary environment. The market cap of this space is so small, just a couple hundred billion that when investors see the opportunity and start migrating into it, I think that's where you're going to see really special kind of returns over the next couple of years.
0: So is it fair to say then for an investor, maybe let's say a newer investor that's looking at the gold space, you know, start with physical first as really a risk mitigator to help hedge their portfolio, and then as they get comfortable with that allocation, start looking at or considering a, a basket of gold mining stocks through an ETF or, or a mutual fund. Is that effectively what you're saying then for, uh, for the investors out there that are listening to this podcast?
1: Well, it's much easier to get your arms around the safety aspect of, of owning physical gold. But I would imagine that we have a lot of listeners that are a little more greedy than that and might like... <laughs> to see a little bit of return to offset the challenges they may be facing in their mainstream investment strategy. You know, gold can certainly help with that, but mining stocks can go a long way to offsetting a couple of years of bad returns in standard variety S&P type stocks.
0: I I think there's some great comments about the gold equities because it seems like right now you could be thinking about both. You can be risk off with the physical and, and more opportunistic with the equities, all in the same allocation, which I think is pretty exciting right now for our space. Let's go back to for a second what's going on with the announcements of the shotgun marriage over the weekend. Uh, we saw that happen with uh, Credit Suisse and UBS, um, Signature Bank, and of course, we've got Silicon Valley Bank. All these things have happened, right? In your mind, is that sort of the final straw? I mean, is, is the tide finally going out or is there more to come potentially? You know, what what's your view on that?
1: There's never just one cockroach. <laughs> These are early, you know, versions of the cockroaches that we'll soon be seeing. Don't forget that the banking system, which is supposedly safe uh, because of all the Dodd-Frank regulation that came after the global financial crisis, is not the uh, major engine of credit creation anymore. The major engine of credit creation is the non-banking financial sector, which The numbers off the top of my head are 20 to 30% larger than the banking system. And that would include everything from uh, hedge funds to pension funds. I mean, the pension funds are loaded with really bad stuff that's going to roll over. You know, the numbers I've seen in terms of the potential shortfall, particularly defined benefit plans, is going to be in the trillions, multi-trillions of dollars. So if the government bailed out the fat cats in 2008, uh, I have a hard time believing they won't be bailing out the pension funds, which are the workers, the, the, the middle income and lower income sector of the population. So the kinds of bailouts that are on the way, that are going to break an already broken fiscal situation are almost too large to imagine. Those are the kinds of things that will, I think, explode the potential valuation of gold uh, against paper assets. I think we're just around the corner from that recognition.
0: And where is that money actually coming from? You know, it's, uh, you know, the problem is now is, you know, we issue more debt, we're paying higher rates. So, are we effectively issuing more debt to cover their interest rate payments? I mean, it just seems like it's a vicious cycle. We,
1: we are now borrowing to pay interest on the national debt. Interest on the national debt could be as much as a trillion this year. And, that, and thank you, Jay Powell, for that. And thank you, you know, all the administrations of the last 20 years for that, because we have um, an ongoing budget deficit of a couple of trillion and that's without a recession. With a recession, it'll go up by even more than that. So, you know, as I, as I remember reading my um, sort of early stage economics lessons, when a, a country starts borrowing to pay interest, they, des- they deserve the designation of a banana republic. So we are officially entering into banana republic territory. So the credibility of our currency, the U.S. dollar, is in dire question. I would expect to see that reflected in a lower exchange rate relative to the euro and other major currencies, but most importantly, uh, relative to gold. We're kind of in the rapids before Niagara Falls, and I can hear the I can hear the rumbling in the distance. And I think it's good for us guys, and I think everybody else ought to start paying attention,
0: yeah, i, I think I think you're spot on with the paying attention part the easy money just putting all your money in the S&P and sort of forgetting about it, I think those days are far behind us. And being a little more thoughtful of how you allocate is certainly something that we all need to be focused on. And something as simple as an allocation to physical gold can at least be a good start in helping you diversify your portfolio in a low-cost, liquid way. So, John, you know, I always appreciate you making some time for me and and for our listeners on on Sprott Radio. For those listeners that want to learn more about Sprott and, and learn more about our metals and mining suite of solutions, you know, we always encourage you to visit us at SPROTT.com. John Hathaway has some white papers on there as well, and you can read more about his thoughts about the market as well as some of our other analysts uh, and portfolio managers. Um, so you can visit us at SPROTT.com. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Ed Coyne, and you're listening to Sprout Radio.
2: This podcast is provided for information purposes only from sources believed to be reliable. However, Sprott does not warrant its completeness or accuracy. Any opinions and estimates constitute our judgment as of the date of this material and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This communication is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any financial instrument. Any opinions and recommendations herein do not take into account individual client circumstances, objectives, or needs, and are not intended as recommendations of particular securities, financial instruments, or strategies. You must make your own independent decisions regarding any securities, financial instruments, or strategies mentioned or related to the information herein. This communication may not be redistributed or retransmitted in whole or in part or in any form or manner without the express written consent of SPROT. Any unauthorized use or disclosure is prohibited. Receipt and review of this information constitutes your agreement not to redistribute or retransmit the contents and information contained in this communication without first obtaining express permission from an authorized officer of SPROT.